Welcome to an episode of the Phoenix Rising podcast, journeys of descending into the mysteries and rising from the roots. I am your host, Lisa Hillier, spiritual mentor and priestess. I guide women into the mysteries within them to rise rooted into their sovereign selves through my one-to-one mentorship, online courses, and Patreon portal. And I have a very exciting workshop coming up in the Patreon portal around healing the father wound, which is so powerful and integral to healing our relationship with the masculine. So the link is in the show notes to join the the Patreon. And today I have Emma Hallie on the show with me. And Emma is a spiritual wellness coach and meditation teacher, a crystal therapist and writer specializing in helping women come home to themselves. Her current work, Decoding the Feminine, is an in-depth look at the connection between the moon and our cycles teaching us to reconnect to our cyclical nature and understand the ebb and the flow of the energies as they cross over. This is such a powerful, powerful episode connecting to the cycle that is within the cauldron of our our womb as women. And so can't wait to sink into this episode with you. Welcome, Emma. And to start, we're going to start with the big question of what has been the journey that has led you to the work that you're offering the world today. Hi, thank you for, thank you for having me. Um, Oh, it's such a lovely question. It's just, there's so much juiciness in it. Um, So the, the path that's led me to where I am today, um, although it started a long, long, like many, many years ago, just this, this particular, this particular path that I'm on now um, was, kind of came into my field a few years ago when I it was the beginning of the lockdowns actually in the beginning of the the kind of the Mm -hmm. COVID journey um and I was in a really really bad place you could say it was a dark night of the soul it wasn't um wasn't one of the darkest but I was definitely I was definitely in a bad place and I'd been on a spiritual path somewhat previously and um I just found myself in this in this like this gaping void of not having my sisters not having that feminine presence of women around me that understood me and not understanding myself I didn't understand me I couldn't and there was I felt like there was this there was this massive piece of information missing from my relationship with myself and I couldn't I couldn't get to grips with it and um I knew that I was being led down a path of working with um my my body my physical body and in particular with my cycle and with um we've come into um this a better relationship with my cycle and with my period and with my with my bleed and and all of that and I started looking at um the seasons you know there's a there's a lot of stuff online that was that is around the the seasons of your cycle around the spring the summer the autumn the winter and it hadn't it hadn't really been in my in my field until I felt in this particular this particular void and I went looking for something and um I just did what I always do I went onto Pinterest actually is my first mm-hmm. place <laughs> and I typed in typed in a few words and start scrolling and and taking in little bits of information and what is it what does the summer of my um, period mean and what does the what does the spring mean and all of this information started kind of coming in that was just going click 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 and I was thinking yes 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 this is this is leading me somewhere this is something um and then 
um, I was, I'd just met um, some women online. I just started following some women online who were doing, doing the work. And I was, I was, I was craving that, as I said, I was craving that feminine, that sisterhood. And I was kind of stalking, <laughs> stalking some of these women on Instagram that were doing the work. And one of them um, was our mutual friend, Kathy Bell. And mm. we were, we were chatting um, about her breath work and of all the synchronicities to have ever happened, she messaged me and said, um, I posted, I was making crystal therapy jewelry at the time and she messaged me and said, the bracelet that you've just posted is beautiful. I love it. And it was a cycle tracker bracelet. I've made a cycle tracker bracelet. And she said, I'm doing a program called Journey With Your Cycle. And we are going to use the process of breath work to dig into the seasons of your cycle. And mm. my whole body lit up and I went, this is this is what I'm supposed to do. I was completely in fear at the time. I said to her, I'm not ready. Um, she completely gave me the space to feel into it and see whether or not I wanted to, to dig into that. And, and I took the leap. I just, I just took the leap. And I did that program with her for uh, four months. I think we spent doing that. And it fundamentally changed the relationship that I had with my body. I came out of it and went just further down this rabbit hole just this this concept of loving my period this this like loving it I mean like deeply loving my bleed and the magic that it brings this idea that my womb is a cauldron that it's a it's a cooking pot of of magic and um amazingness that that from me and women springs life like there's nothing else in the universe that does what women do in that way and it's just been a snowball, <laughs> an absolute snowball of learning and unlearning mm. and piecing it together. And previous to any of that, um, any of that work, when I was working with crystals, I was also doing a little bit of moon work. I was doing full moon bits and pieces and new moon bits and pieces. And the two just kind of started to synchronize. The two just started to marry up. I mean, we all know, we all know that we're connected to the moon. We all know that as women, our cycle is connected to the moon, but how many of us actually really understand that connection and how deep it goes? Um, and that's where I started. That's what I started leaning into. And then I started noticing the, the ebbs and the flows and the, the peaks and troughs and the, the crossovers, like the alignment and the, the resistance when, when, we're, when we're in a particular part of the moon phase and in a particular season of our cycle. Mm. And it all just developed into this like, knowledge that I had for myself that was what I wanted I wanted the knowledge of myself I wanted to deepen that relationship with myself and and I created it and then people started asking me about it and started asking me to 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 share what I'd learned about myself and how that could relate to them and so the decoding the feminine was born out of that kind of need to translate it somehow so that other women could could understand it could read it and could apply it to themselves so yeah that's that's been the last few years <laughs> beautiful and it's decoding the feminine is that your book yeah that's the yeah. diary that's coming out um on the 8th of november oh wow that's like right around the corner i can't believe it's already november 1st that's i know why <laughs> <laughs> i love that um the connection with your with your cycle with your 
period. And it's such a journey because I think as a society, as a collective, we've been so programmed to think of it as an inconvenience. It's gross. Wow. It's dirty. All the, the dialogue that comes along with it, but it is such, it's so powerful. I actually wow. haven't had a period for a year. So I, I think I'm going through menopause, which is crazy because I'm only 42, but not having it anymore. I realized like I loved it. Yes. So much, so much. Um, but that was mostly for the past, you know, probably five or so years for the previous, I don't know, 20 or however many years it was that I had it. I despised it and did everything I could to not like to silence it, you know, yeah. to make it go away. And, and it's so programmed in our society. My daughter, when, when she first, you know, was, um, going on, you know, looking at birth control and everything, we went into the doctor's office. And one of the first things the doctor said to her was, well, if you take it and you don't stop, then you don't get your period anymore. Like that's a good thing. And I was mm. horrified because I'm like, why would you not want your period? Like it, yeah. it is such a natural part of being a woman. So it's just interesting. The dialogue that's out in the world, um, that goes against our period right, our it, it goes deep it goes beyond I mean everybody everybody around me was very much and still a lot of women around me still are of the opinion that it's an inconvenience and it's and oh god I hate it and oh god I wish I didn't have it and I can't wait till I'm in menopause and I don't have to have it anymore and what I find really really heartbreaking is that it goes so far beyond just hating your period into we're conditioned to hate ourselves because mm -hmm. by by default, if I hate the thing that makes me a woman, then I hate myself. Like, like, the, the, like you say, the word despise. I, if I despise that part of me, what damage are we doing to ourselves by carrying that level of emotion at mm. our core for something that is so natural and so feminine and so, and so magic? I mean, it's magic. I've got stepdaughters. I've got teenage sons myself. I've got stepdaughters. And it's already programmed into them before they start their cycle. It's already programmed that it's going to be horrible. And they get, instead of getting um, joy and celebration of about this process, starting about this transition into womanhood, they get pity mm. um, and, yeah. and despair. And it's, and I'm I, like, I try to try to un, undo some of that programming, but it's so deep. It's so, it's deep, so deep in all of that. Yeah. It's so deep. And I often get that when, you know, people find out that I'm, I've stopped bleeding and, and, and am in menopause, which I don't actually believe as truth in my body. So I'm doing some stuff to, you know, natural protocols to try to get my period back. Cause I just don't believe that it's actually menopause, but everybody's like, oh, you're so lucky. And I'm like, no, no, actually yeah. I'm, I'm 39 and I'm, I'm, I think I'm on the cusp of perimenopause myself and I'm mm. almost sad about it. It's like, there's this, I've just discovered this thing that I love about myself and all of these years wasted on not yeah. understanding the magic of it. All of these years yeah. gone that I can't get back. Yeah. That I should have been loving myself for it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I believe mine's going to come back. We'll see how that journey goes. Well, <laughs> We'll manifest that, manifest that. <laughs> Might be a whole podcast episode of when it does, when it does come back. So with that, you know, 
just a side note, a, a great documentary to watch about birth control is the business of birth control and why birth control has been sold to us, um, you know, as, as a way to distort our period and, and invert a whole bunch of stuff. So anyway, that is a very interesting yeah. documentary to watch about birth control and our period as well. But aside from that, can you give everybody kind of a, a synopsis, we'll call it of the cycles and the seasons that we go through in our monthly cycle and what that looks like? Yeah, so we have, we're so, in, we're just so inherently linked to nature. We're so, the, the connection to the earth is so deep within us as women and it's, and the connection to the moon as well. And this is kind of, this is the work that I, that, um, that I want to bring to the table is this connection between the two. Let's, as within, so without, you know, as above, so below that kind of the earth and the moon. So within our body, we reflect the seasons back to ourselves. Like the seasons are reflected back to us from, from within our body. We have a winter, which is when we bleed. So in nature, winter is the beginning. I mean, today is actually the first day of winter. Um, and when we talk about our, we talk about like, with the, with the wheel of the year, the um, Halloween sewing last night was actually the, the new, it was actually New Year's Eve for, for the old ancient calendars. So we're on day one today of winter. And when we refer to our period, we refer to day one, uh, to the first day of our bleed as being day one. Um, so winter is the beginning. We have that, that um, it's a going within, it's a still, it's a stillness. There's, there's a, um, I don't want to use the word barrenness, but there's that, um, there's, there's no activity above surface. Everything's happening below, you know, everything's happening below the earth, everything's happening inside. Um, that's where the magic is that's where um, when nature does it she sends the energy to the roots of the trees when we do it we send the energy to our to our womb we send to, to the core of us so we have that winter when your body really calls for quiet and it calls for stillness and we live in a world that does not honor the feminine cycle at all so we struggle with it because we're not we don't live a life where we're allowed to have stillness and have quiet and have peace we, we're not structured like that we're not conditioned like that so we struggle with it and I find I find that um or I think that a lot of the horrible symptoms that come along with our periods are partly our body screaming out to us because we're resisting something that we should be doing this state of stillness and nurturing and nourishing um and then we go into spring, which is that period immediately after your bleed, when your energy starts to build. Um, it would be the follicular phase of your period, when um, of your cycle, when um, you're you're kind of coming out of that of the cave of the winter. You're coming out of that the depth and the darkness and the stillness. And we start to set intentions. We start to plant seeds. We start to look at the spring. Look how look how the spring um, creeps into the world and the flowers begin to bloom and the trees begin to 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 bear their leaves. And we just have that kind of awakening, that creeping into the sunlight. Um, and we do this as as women. We have this we have this energy build up. We have this this like we're able to step back out into the world. We're able to see ourselves coming back out of this, um, this craving for stillness. Um, and it moves us into summer. I mean, a lot of women in their spring have a tendency to rush. And this is something that I learned from Kathy in particular, that spring really isn't 
about rushing it's about being measured and it's about being um like considered and and slow and gentle and we're not gentle with ourselves something else that we don't do we're not gentle with ourselves as women at all and um, as soon as we have we've got so much to do that as soon as we have that tiny little bit of energy we have to do everything all at once so we're not we're not very good at guarding our energy we're not very good at being considered and and being more gentle with ourselves um and then we head into summer which is our ovulation and it's when we have the most energy it's when we are fertile and um voluptuous and abundant and um we we reflect summer in its its beauty and its glow and the days are long and energy is boundless and we really thrive in summer and it's ovulation it was the time when we were um we would have been most sexually attractive because you know that's the time when we were most fertile everything about us would have been glowing and beautiful and everything just everything's just aligned this is when we feel that everything is just going well and we've we're on top of it we've got it we've got this um and again we push <laughs> we don't guard our energy we go to town in this phase we just throw ourselves into everything we we push ourselves beyond our limits because we have all this energy we don't guard ourselves um and then we cause we can cause a lot of overwhelm and a lot of burnout in this in this with this kind of need to while I've got the energy I need to do all the things kind of kind of mentality um, and then we go into autumn and autumn is that PMS PMT window and I love love the reflection of nature in this premenstrual phase because we all talk about being premenstrual as being um just angry and rage-filled and crazy and wild and everything, all these emotions come bubbling to the surface. And look what autumn does. Look how autumn is wet and windy and muddy and messy and wild. And we reflect that within ourselves. We, we have this need to, to move and to shake it off. We're releasing, we're going into that place. We're, we're heading into winter, we're preparing for winter. Our body's trying to shake everything off, move everything through because we need to be quiet and we need to be still when we come into that winter. Um, and again, we resist. We resist this so much. We hold ourselves back. And there's a book that I, um, I've read and I absolutely adore it. It's called um, Her Blood is Gold. And she says in that book, um, she talks about how what if the rage that comes in your autumn what if the rage that comes in your premenstrual phase is your way of pushing everybody and everything away from you so that you can have that solitude and you can have that peace and that quiet in your winter what if it's just your body doing what it needs to do to create the space that it needs to create mm -hmm. you know and I was when I when that landed for me that landed so hard that it was like it was it was eye-opening it suddenly changed everything about my cycle it changed everything about how I dealt with that premenstrual phase of my period and I started allowing myself the space but linking all of that to the moon the moon has her own cycles the moon has her own seasons she has the full moon which is the ovulation the abundance the the everything larger than life she has the new moon the dark moon the winter um, when she craves stillness and she, that, the energy is very still. And then you have the waxing moons and the waning moons, which are very spring and autumn-like in their energy. And we're affected by the moon. And so we have this 
we can either have this alignment or this conflict where we can be in alignment with the moon, having our winter with the new moon, having our winter with the dark moon, um, when our body wants still and the moon gives us still. Mm. Um, and then in the summer, we can have our ovulation at the full moon um, when our body's in summer and it's got boundless energy and the full moon is shining a light, illuminating everything and giving you more boundless energy. Um, and then you can have the opposite of that. We can be at odds with the moon. And that's when there's some really deep healing that comes about. That's when we find we really struggle when we're in. Um, if you find yourself having your bleed under the full moon, in my experience, in the work that I've done so far and the women that I've spoken to so far on this journey, you will have a much more difficult time in your bleed, in your in your um, your autumn, in your winter will be so much more difficult if you're at odds with the moon's energy, if, if the moon is full at the same time, because the, the moon's trying to illuminate everything. The moon wants to shine a light on all of your emotions. That's what she does when she's full. And you're trying to go deep and go within in your winter. Mm. And you're trying to come home to yourself and go down. And the moon is just trying to illuminate. And there can be some really, really magical healing that comes from that combination of the energy if we can surrender to it, if you can surrender to the moon illuminating the emotions of the depth of your wind of your winter, um, it can yeah. There's some there's some deep magic in that. It can feel, it feels really uncomfortable, but there's there's deep magic there. And so, yeah, that's that's really what the what the diary is about. It's about like checking where the moon is, checking where you are, and seeing what seeing what's going on with those energies and how it how it could be playing out within your body. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so powerful. And I think for, you know, everybody listening, it's like, it doesn't matter if you bleed with the, the new moon, like they did in ancient times when everybody like sat in a red tent, there's nothing wrong. We have fluorescent lights. We have all these screens and things that stimulate us and change our cycle. And so if you're bleeding, like nowhere linked to the moon. It, it doesn't mean there's anything wrong. It's just starting to observe right. how it feels for you. And, you know, I mm. remember when I would bleed on the the full moon, sometimes, um, my whole cycle actually felt much more the same, the whole moon cycle, the whole month would feel more the same. If I was bleeding with the full moon, there wasn't the intensity of going through the archetype. So it's just interesting how it plays out. Yeah. For each woman. And I think to deepen that connection with our cycle is just to observe and be like, what am I feeling? Where's the moon at? Keeping a diary of it, keeping track yeah. with it, yeah. of it. And that's it, because it's about deepening that relationship with yourself, because um, we're, we need to love ourselves more. That's that's what that is. It's all there is to it. That's all there is to it. We need to love ourselves more. And um, I think that the best relationship that I should have in this lifetime is the relationship that I have with myself. Mm -hmm. And it's a relationship that I've really struggled with most of my life. And I think a lot of women do. And so this, this brought a whole new level of understanding to my body. It brought a whole new level of love for my body and just love for its cycles and love for its synchronicities and its, um, its ebbs and its flows and its waxes and its wanes. And just this deepening of my knowledge of myself and what greater gift could I give myself than that, than, than yeah. loving myself enough to do that? It's like knowing yourself on a really deep, yeah. intimate level and intimacy always has to start 
with the self for it to ripple out in a powerful way to our loved ones and our beloved Mm -hmm. and our children and all that, all that kind of magic. I love what you spoke about with the wild woman. So I I've linked that, you know, we can link it with archetypes as well. What you spoke to so beautifully with the seasons and the, you know, PMS phase is like the wild woman and she's in her emotions and her grief and her, her rage. And I think why women struggle a lot with PMS, like with symptoms and cramps and pains is because they're repressing all the emotions all the time. You know, we've been so programmed to repress our emotions and not be angry or sad or be in our grief. And then that starts to manifest in our body as physical, physical symptoms. So it's like when that grief comes up, when that rage comes up, allowing it to do what it wants to do. That's our natural. Yeah. And following it, like follow, follow the the clues. Your body's giving you clues. Literally, that's the only thing that I teach to my clients that the only thing that you ever really need to know is that your body has all the answers and it's always trying to communicate with you. It's always trying to communicate with you. Every sensation that you have is a communication from your body. And we just need to tune into it. But I love, I love working with the archetypes. I love the, I love the winter of the crone and the wild, the autumn of the wild woman. I love that, um, that again, it's just another layer of the women's connection to nature and another layer of women's connection to the earth Mm -hmm. and and the the moon is reflected in the archetypes as well the moon is reflected in the dark moon being the crone and the and the um the waning the waxing moon being the maiden and um everything is everything's connected as women we're so connected to everything we're like there's so much magic in that like there's so much love to be had in that just in that depth of gratitude for the fact that I I get to be a woman in this life I get to have that connection to the moon I get to have that connection to the earth like that's that's out of this world to me this is and I say this to clients in circles all the time you're magical just because you're here that's Mm -hmm. that's it you're magic because you're here you don't you don't need to have another reason to be magic you don't need to have something like a label to make your make yourself special you're magic because because you're here simple as that yeah (laughs) yeah and what really came through for me when you spoke to that and there was something earlier on in the conversation I think when you were speaking to like an ovulation and when burnout usually happens because there's a a tendency of programming as women to give 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 like do 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 and our our society is very much um set up in a way that's constantly doing linear the masculine yeah Yeah. well yeah yeah and and it's um I mean there's so many beautiful aspects to that masculine container when it's in balance you know but there's there's not the um support of the feminine in that and so that like constantly doing leads to the burnout to the overwhelm to the irritation the frustration and what you were speaking to is just felt like that like being and slowing mm. down just like just by simply being here your magic yeah. there's nothing that you need to do and that is like so the feminine essence is just like the really? being descending being with the earth being in the moment that richness and fertility that's so so alive there you know when you just want to get out of your head and fully into your body to be immersed in your 
feminine essence as the feminine descends and roots fully into her body and gets out of her mind. I think we all desire that and one of my favorite practices to anchor me fully into my body is using my pleasure wand. Today the link for my favorite pleasure wands is in the show notes for you. The Rose Court Amrita is my go-to in the realm of pleasure wands and when we connect to the yoni and de-armor the yoni we are de-armoring our heart and the feminine is most fully immersed in love and softening when she is deeply connected to the heart and the womb the yoni make sure you check out the link in the show notes loves and now back to the show so for you what was kind of the this entry point or how you work with clients, the entry point to start to work with your cycle? What does that look like? Um, I think that it starts with, it starts with that want to love yourself. I definitely think it starts with a desire to love yourself. Um, the, the, I suppose the, the easiest way to to talk about it is to say how do you learn to love your period like how how do you learn to love your period and women ask me all the time when I say I love my period no you don't no I do <laughs> I really do how do you start to love your period the, the first thing to do is start to is to look for something just one thing just look for something that you love about it and I think for many women it is simply the fact that you get to rest like you you're tired right where you're in your winter you're bleeding you're tired um you want we want the comfort we get the hot water bottle we get the chocolate we like we cozy up we get the blanket why why what's not to love like love that Mm. start to love that and then there once you plant that seed of loving it I love the fact that I get to just get that that space for myself I get to do that for myself like the rest of the month because and I'm I mean I'm not talking personally I'm just talking um in general terms for most women the rest of the month I won't eat the chocolate bar because I hate my body and I don't want to come away and I don't want to like you know I don't want to do that and um I'll feel guilty if I have it there's so much of that going on in our minds all the time and then we have our period and we go oh I'm just gonna eat the chocolate well if that's all you can find to love about it then latch onto that grab it with both hands grab it grab that fact if that's the thing that you can hold that I love that I let myself do something I let myself eat the chocolate bar I let myself sit on the sofa with the hot water bottle which I wouldn't do in the rest of the month because I'd feel guilty for sitting still Mm. (laughs) to grab on with both hands to something that you love about it and then start to look forward to that start to look forward to that piece of it so that when the, I mean that's what I started to do um I started to to look for the reasons that I I could love that part of my cycle and for me it was as I said earlier that the kind of when it dropped in that perhaps my rage was me pushing people away so that I could have some solitude mm-hmm. um so instead of waiting for the rage to push people away instead of what I used to do was come up to my bedroom and close the door and lay on the bed and want silence away from you know all the the family and the teenagers and everything else that was going on instead of waiting for the rage to get me there I just did it I just took myself away I gave myself solitude I explained to my partner um look you know I'm if I go and lay on the bed I'm just laying on the bed for several hours you can leave me there like I'm not you don't need you don't need to worry there's nothing wrong 
I'm just giving myself something. I'm giving myself some time. Um, and I started doing that. Um, and again, I told myself the conditioning was I told myself I'm on my period, so I'm allowed to do it. I don't have to feel guilty about like, you know, not cooking the dinner or entertaining the kids or anything like that. I can I can do this. So that was where it started for me. And then it spread out into other things. It spread out into other areas. I started nurturing my autumn. I started then looking at because I'd made that correlation between my rage and my solitude. I started nurturing myself I started thinking I am filled with this agitated energy so I'm going to dance so I put the music on and I just dance around the kitchen and I feel better for it for just throwing myself around the kitchen like nobody was watching and then I laughed because I was just it was just joy filled there was just so much joy in it and who can be who can be agitated and ragey when there's just joy and even if I was agitated and ragey even if I did feel like that I'd scream I'd cry I'd let my just let myself it's just about giving yourself permission like there's nothing wrong with you when you feel like that and it will pass because you're cyclical and I think starting this journey um we need to constantly remind ourselves that we're cyclical you need to constantly remind yourself you're cyclical it will pass the winter will pass the autumn will pass the bits that are uncomfortable will pass you will get through them. So if you if you know that you're going to get through them, how can you lean into them to get as much out of them as possible, like squeeze the magic out of them? Because I know it's going to pass, so I don't have to fight it anymore. I can give myself permission to open up to it. And what does what what comes from that? What do I learn about myself from that? You know? Yeah. So I think you just have to start with you just have to plant the seed start somewhere find something really small to to notice about your cycle to notice about yourself to love about it and go mm, that's that's a yummy pit that I can that's that's something that I can I can hold on to that and then watch it just watch it overflow into every other area of your cycle yeah that that need to observe and that need to to love a part of it or an element of it I love that. It's like whenever we find something to love about even the things that we might have been conditioned to hate, the love mm. starts to grow. Like it, uh, you know, when we appreciate the word actually means to grow. And so that can ripple out to so many areas in life. If you don't like something, it's like maybe just find one little area that you love yeah. about it. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Find that because you're right. It does like it, it love grows. It doesn't matter what you do with it. It doesn't matter where you put it. It grows regardless. And so like turn it inwards. Yeah. You can do, you can do the same when you look at yourself in the mirror, can't you? You can, that's what, that's what they say when, when it comes to loving what you see in the mirror, find one thing to focus on that you love. Yeah. And then you'll see more Then you'll see something else to love. And then, um, yeah, it does. It just, it always comes back to, um, giving yourself permission to to love yourself I, I, another book that I've read quite recently is um a book called love yourself like your life depends on it mm. and it's beautiful um and one of the questions that he asks or he are, he advises that you ask yourself um whenever you face a decision or whenever you face something that's a challenge or something that where you feel resistance is um if I loved myself really truly loved myself what decision would I make what choice would I make if I really really loved myself 
what action would I take? And that, I think, could change lives. Yeah. Just that really simple, simple question. Mm. Yeah, beautiful. With, you know, when you really attuned to your cycle and fell in love with your period, what did it unlock for you? If that question makes sense. Um, yeah. Um, gosh, so much. (laughs) There was so much. Um, I mean, in really in material terms, it unlocked a whole new path of my business, a whole new path. I had no idea that I'd be doing this work. Um, I had no idea that this was going to be, this was going to be where I was led (laughs) to go with this. Um, I did it for me. You know, I did, I I started this journey for me. I had no idea it was going to create, um, a, a book and and clients and and let teachings and things like that um it released a lot of fear it released an awful lot of fear actually um I think I held myself back from so many things because of fear and in just loving myself um in that capacity and, and and deepening that relationship with myself I started to release so much fear. I was braver. I, I was braver about so many things. Um, physically, I can honestly say, and I'm, re- I'm really careful to say this because I don't want to go, um, I don't want people to go, well, you said that this would happen if I did this. Um, mm-hmm. For me personally, and I know for lots and lots of other women as well who have done this journey, there are lots of people who have who have worked um, with falling in love with their cycle. And uh, many of them say the same thing, the uncomfortable symptoms, the pains, the cramps, the, the PMS, the, all of that have kind of gone. Like uh, they, they have, like, I'm, I'm caught, I say it cautiously because I can't say for certain that that's the reason, but there's definitely um, there's definitely a correlation between my relationship with my period and my relationship with my cycle and how minimal my symptoms are now mm-hmm. of it, mm-hmm. which was fascinating. That's it's fascinating to to sit back and and say, oh, I don't, I haven't had cramps for a long time. I haven't had headaches with my period for a long time. I haven't, I haven't, I haven't been rage filled and screamed at my children unnecessarily like for such a long time I haven't haven't been in that space um so that's been a that's been game changing like that's really yeah Yeah. there's a lot of freedom in that yeah I I would I would agree that that did happen when I started working with my cycle and falling in love with it I didn't have um cramps or moody isn't that fascinating isn't that yeah it's almost like when we fight with anything it's like when we resist different aspects of ourselves you know maybe the shadow aspects the the ones that society have deemed wrong when we resist them they get louder and louder and louder and so when we're resisting our period yeah your body communicating with you screaming at you to pay attention just literally screaming at you as well screaming at you to just look at me just look at me and love me give me some attention like a kid pounding on a door (laughs) (laughs) yeah absolutely (laughs) just see me see this aspect yeah oh that's beautiful so with the book decoding the feminine are there can you just kind of give um a synopsis of what the book is about is it yeah so it's um it's a book slash diary um 
there will be a there will be a, a book book that comes out hopefully next year and um, that goes into a lot of detail but the diary itself it's a it's a year diary a uh, week to view diary that has the moon phases for every day of the year so you can whichever day you're on see the moon phase alongside that there is um, a space to note down your cycle day and what season you're in um, and then at the beginning of the book um I talk about, I, I introduce the book and talk about how to work with the diary, how to use it. Um, and I talk about the moon phases, what each of the moon phases means, what kind of energy is coming up in those moon phases and what that means for you, what that can mean for you potentially. I also talk about the seasons, what it means to be in your summer, what it means to be in your spring, because um, I mean, we can we can kind of assign that first week of your that the, the week of your bleed and then the second week of your period to be your spring and then the third week to be the ovulation and then the fourth week to be the autumn but realistically for most women that's gonna some people's winters are going to be long some people's winters are going to be short um so i go into the the feelings the sen the sensations the way you might be feeling so that you can tune into your own body and mm -hmm. find out where you are um, and then the, the thing that I'm most excited about is that I've created something called the moon in the womb, a grid. Um, and it is literally that you can you can see where you are in your cycle, what season, whether you're in your spring, your summer, your autumn or your winter along the top. And then down the left hand side of the moon phases. Um, so you on the day of the diary, whichever day you're on any given day of the year, you would find your moon phase you've noted down where you might be in your cycle and then you can use this grid to go and cross-reference the cycle with uh, the season with the moon phase and it gives you like um there's like a journal prompt or an inquiry mm -hmm. like an inquiry into yourself and your energy and perhaps a meditation thought for meditation perhaps a journal prompt perhaps just um something to consider for the day something to consider for that in within that energy just so that you can feel aligned and so that you can use it like use use the combination of these two these two things don't fight them yeah. like perhaps i feel really really agitated and and um, in resistance today and i don't know why and then check out on the grid where i am and it's if and if it's i'm um, the new moon and i'm in my autumn it comes up with frustration and am i pushing back because i need solitude and you can you can give yourself permission then because you go, oh, OK, I understand. I understand why I might be feeling like that. It's OK. There's nothing wrong with me. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, and I, I think it's. Um, and then there's space for you to journal on things and there's space for you to write intentions. And there's a there's a page for gratitude at the end. And mm -hmm. it's just it's just a, um, a tool to learn to love yourself. It's mm -hmm. kind of what I want it to be. Yeah. It feels like an entry point, like a beautiful yeah. entry point to start, like starting to just track is such a beautiful yeah. entry point to start to cultivate that relationship with your period. Yeah. Um, just knowing where you're at in your cycle can be so liberating in a sense for yourself and like your yeah. partner, your beloved, so that he can understand where you're yeah. at, what's absolutely what's coming up for you especially when we only really pay attention to our bleed don't we like we only really pay attention to our period like that's what I've that's what I've noticed like we 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 know that it's there we've got our period I'm going to have that week where I'm going to be bleeding and it's going to be awful I'm going to hate every second of it and then I'm just going to forget about it the rest of the month yeah your body is still going through these ebbs and these flows for the rest of the month and we're ignoring it mm. we're not 
leaning into it we're not utilizing it we're not honoring it and you're right this the that's that's the the point the purpose of the diary to help you begin to to honor yourself Mm. to honor those seasons to honor that flow honor those cycles yeah yeah one thing that came up for me when you were speaking to all of that so beautifully just what was unlocked with cultivating that relationship with my period was my intuition and my own Mm. um like innate knowing it was like deepening that relationship with with my period allowed the clutter and noise to fall away so that I could hear my own knowing and truth and and intuition and medicine which yeah definitely in the womb I think I think tuning in to listen to your body Mm -hmm. um goes hand in hand with listening to your intuition the the two the two work so well together so um it's like somebody turned the volume up isn't it when you start to you start to allow yourself to tune in the volume gets turned up on all the other aspects of yourself that that you can tune into and yeah my intuition um yeah definitely definitely um just even even as far as just knowing how intuiting how I feel how I where I am how like it takes your intuition to lean into what season you're in. Sometimes we have to tune into that. To, am I in my spring? Am I in my summer? Because the two, like, I'm not sure. Um, yeah, I'm turning the volume up on that and mm. allowing myself to, to receive that information, to receive it. Like I'm actually listening for it, like rather than it just being around me and I'm not really paying attention. I'm, I'm actually like, no, come on. Like, let me, let me hear it. Let me hear what, what my body's trying to say. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. So how do crystals play into all of this or is that completely separate your work with crystals? Um, Oh, it can't ever ever be completely separate because crystals are just my life. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, So the work doesn't, the the two don't cross over in, in so much as um, I mean, I don't, I don't use crystal therapy with the work that I do with women and um, loving your cycle and decoding the feminine, but I work with crystals on the daily anyway they just I mean I've got two sat next to me right now for this conversation that we're having and there's several in front of me crystals was my my entry point to my spiritual path crystals mm-hmm. was where it all began for me crystals and meditation but um I love and I teach a crystal therapy course I train people to be crystal therapy practitioners as well that's that's the another avenue of my business um but crystals for me are um just such a uh, we've talked a lot about entry points for for things and they're such an amazing entry point I genuinely believe that crystals are the bridge between worlds they're the bridge between universes we are living this human existence this I'm this human being in material form living this material life um trying to have a spiritual experience or trying to connect with a spiritual experience and crystals cross all dimensions and vibrations and frequencies they exist within the spiritual realms they exist within the human realms they exist with well, on, on every level they cross all the bridges and so as human beings when we first come to a spiritual kind of awakening we look for something tangible we look for something we look for evidence because we're humans and we need evidence and crystals are the evidence they're that physical they're that something that you can hold I can hold it I can see it I can feel it I can work with it um it's less external to me 
it's less um it's less elusive and mysterious because they're right there they're right there and so and I find lots and lots of people come to crystals first before anything else. They start getting interested in crystals first because we're all magpies as well. And they're beautiful, aren't they? They're stunning. They, like we, we love things that are shiny and pretty. Um, and yeah, it creates, they create that bridge. They create that. I can hold this in my hand and it has a spiritual connection. And perhaps I hadn't yet figured out how I can have that spiritual connection without holding something in my hand yet. Mm. But we, we will get there. It's just that crystals create the bridge um, and they support everything I'm a massive believer in the fact that crystals there's nothing there is nothing in the world there's nothing in this world or in this life that you can give me that I could not give you crystals to support you with it doesn't matter what it is whether it's a situation whether it's something that you desire whether it's something that you're trying to achieve there is nothing your business can be the most humanly three-dimensional business in the world and crystals will still support it. You can still use them somehow for your um, for your spiritual growth, for your human growth, for your material growth, for your um, for your um, like for abundance, for manifestation, for your physical health. Everything there's it's there's an old it's a, it's a cliche I think or perhaps it's a meme I'm not sure <laughs> that there's a crystal for that. There's a crystal for everything. <laughs> they were literally they're just these beautiful little earth sent angels that yeah they're just available to all of us for a reason they're, we've been given physical we've been given physical tools we've been given so many tools but we've been given physical tools out of the earth they're born of the earth like mm. sorry I get super excited about Christmas can you tell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's passion there for sure yeah. <laughs> around crystals <laughs> I love that as the entry point. I remember when I was still working like in corporate Calgary as a designer and I'd be in my fancy dresses with my heels on and I would have a crystal in my bra. And yeah. that was kind of one of the entry points. And yeah. I just remember walking down the road with my work colleagues and it like fell out and I'm like, oh, there's my. <laughs> <laughs> We've all done that. We've all done that. <laughs> there's my crystal. Um, so what is crystal therapy? How does that work? So crystal therapy is a is a very, very broad statement um, that covers anything that uses crystals to help you in any capacity. So crystal therapy is just the practice of using crystals in your life. So anybody can use crystal therapy. Um, and some people are trained to be crystal therapists, which means they can just direct you in how you can use crystals in your life. Um, so yeah I mean it can it can be physical um, treatments you can actually physically have crystal therapy treatments in the way that you would have Reiki or or um, other modalities of healing you can buy crystal therapy jewelry um, which is a beautiful way to carry crystal energy on your person all the time and can fit every person every budget from really really inexpensive crystal therapy jewelry to very very elaborate beautiful bespoke pieces of jewelry um crystal therapy can be as much as just having crystals placed around your home strategically so mm -hmm. that this is my rose quartz I'm going to put it next to my bed because I want it to help me love myself um my one of my favorites is having a piece of red carnelian by your front door because red carnelian um protects against negative energies mm -hmm. and having it by the front door protects for, against those negative energies entering the home so I always have red carnelian by my front door mm -hmm. um and 
yeah so there's there's a lot crystal therapy can can be the name for an awful lot of things but if you're using crystals in your life then you're using crystal therapy beautiful what are crystals are there any crystals I believe there are that help support you on your period um lots um if they're orange or red so I I I love I love working with the energy of color um and the problem I think a lot of people are intimidated by crystals because oh, I don't know what that's called I don't know what it does they all do so many things there's so many so go with colors like fall fall in love with the colors of them because the colors all vibrate at particular frequencies and if you're looking to support your period remembering that your period is at your sacral chakra and your sacral chakra is orange um and also we're working with like the root chakra and the winter going into the into the roots of ourselves so and your root chakra is red so reds and orange crystals will always support with your period they'll always support with your cycle um and they are particularly good at helping you move through um moonstone actually is especially good at helping with your cycle because of the connection to the moon and the connection to the cycle moonstone's energy helps you transition between phases it helps you move from one phase to another and we often just think about that in the larger sense of moving through different phases of our life or moving through different phases of the moon but you can really really bring that down to moving through the phases of my cycle Mm. moving through the phases of my period um so moonstone is an excellent stone for your cycle beautiful are there any stones around twin flames oh you can actually if you uh if you guys specifically on the lookout for uh quartz um points that are twins so you can get i don't have any around me um you can get quartz points come in all manner of arrangements but you can get quartz that are twins so it, it's basically two crystal quartz points that are joined together side by side parallel to each other and that's they're really good for working with twin flame energy oh, like the okay. twin crystals beautiful beautiful are yeah. there any other fun ones that come to mind of like daily things in life that we all kind of go through separate of twin flames but and what crystals um, support that my one of my favorite they're all my favorites <laughs> one of my favorites to tell people is to carry selenite have selenite with you or have selenite in your home selenite moves energy from one place to another it helps it move like move on so to keep up with what needs to be a constant flow whether that's on your person you need to be a constant flow of energy there needs to be no blockages of energy anywhere in your home there needs to be a constant flow of energy energy needs to keep moving it can't get stagnant it can't get stuck so selenite is a great crystal for helping to achieve that it moves stuck energy on moves things mm. moves energy keeps energy moving so that's a really good one another one of my favorites for everyday stuff is tourmalinated quartz um so tourmalinated quartz is quartz that has strands of tourmaline that have grown through it so it's like a clear to 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 white translucent stone that has black shards all the way through it um and it is is great because the tourmaline is really grounding and really really protective but the quartz is really enlightening and like raises your vibration so you have that that element of being having your vibration raised with the quartz, which is a master healer, while also being grounded and protected. It's a really, really, really awesome stone, really awesome crystal to use. Beautiful. Can you speak to crystal grids and how do you use them? Oh. And how can how can people use them? Oh, crystal grids. Oh, that's the yummy one. It's a massive subject. It's a massive, massive area. Um, 
so I I um have crystal grids I have a crystal grid downstairs in a um one of those like photo box photo frames that you get that I've glued the crystals into the grid um so the way I describe it when I teach crystal gridding I describe it as though um, if you imagine that the crystal is the piano like a crystal is a piano or a crystal is a is a violin or a crystal is a is a percussion instrument a crystal on its own is is one musical instrument and the crystal grid is the orchestra right so we can create depth for the energy when we use grids and we can create big magic when we use grids so crystals all support um each other they amplify each other and so bringing them into a grid format um, helps to amplify the energy it also helps to kind of tweak the energy because you can bring different crystals in so you can bring this one in that will bring you an element of this and this one in that will bring you an element of that so you can really kind of tailor the energy to what you want like a crystal prescription if you like to bring in those different elements of energies um, and then with the use of the grid itself I mean you don't have to use sacred geometry or numerology in it but you can and you can layer it with the with the sacred geometry being the grid underneath and the numerology being the number of crystals you can work in threes and fours and fives and you can bring that into it but you don't have to um and they can be tiny 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 little crystal grids that fit in drawers or you can have enormous there are crystal grids in the world that people have um I mean you could say you could say Stonehenge with is a crystal grid you could say that um that places like the stone circles are essentially that same energy of the crystal grid you know people have made enormous grids in their gardens and um, they've made there's enormous grids that are in mazes um in my house i had an extension built on my house a few years ago and i had selenite and tourmaline put into the foundations so i gridded my house in into the foundations the builders were very very concerned <laughs> when i was doing it but, but they were pretty open-minded, so, so they just left me to it. Um, yeah, I grid my house. I grid my house with selenite, so I put a piece of selenite in all the four corners of my home to keep that energy moving. Um, and, uh, yeah, crystal grids are super powerful. It's a whole a whole world of crystal therapy that if you wanted to like just go down that rabbit hole, there's, there's so much that you can do and play with with crystal grids, and they are beautiful some of them especially when people start bringing in their botanicals and they use mm -hmm. rose petals and flowers and oh stunning really stunning beautiful crystal elixir what's the what are crystal elixirs you're asking all the yummy questions today <laughs> um crystal elixirs are the are crystal energy imbued in water so water is a super super powerful conductor water is it's it's amazing it's an it's far more magical than we give it credit for and it can be imprinted with energy frequencies it ta takes on the frequency of anything that it comes into contact with and carries that frequency it's why it's an excellent conductor um this was proven if you've ever seen dr amato's water experiment on youtube and if you haven't i like i recommend looking at it because it's incredible um but we can imbue the energy of the crystal within water and then you can use water in many many ways that you can't use crystals in um it's something that you have to be really careful with because there are many crystals that are toxic and cannot be put in water directly you can go and drink the water from certain crystals as a i mean there are lots and lots of uh, crystals that are toxic and shouldn't be drunk as an elixir so just in general sweeping terms and this is not um and it not 
an exhaustive list of them, but um, any of the crystals that end with ite, like apatite, selenite, anything like that, shouldn't be put into water and and in like ingested. Um, but the quartzes, quartz, rose quartz, amethyst, they can all go in water. It's called mermaid tea. Rose, little rose quartz and amethyst and a and a quartz in a in a water bottle. You can drink that water. Amazing crystal energy from the inside out. It's mm. incredible. You can um, you can infuse spray bottles um, with like amethyst and selenite. There's an indirect method of um, of doing it so that the crystal doesn't touch the water. You can put the crystal in a separate container, sealed container, and pop that into the water if you're concerned about whether or not the crystal is toxic. But then you can create like room sprays so that you don't have to carry your crystal with you. Or if you say you went to a hotel room and you wanted to cleanse the space and you hadn't brought all of your crystals to cleanse the space, just a little bottle of crystal elixir cleansing mm. spray and just spritz around the room and bring that crystal energy like that. Um, you can imbue crystal energy into oils as well so that you can use them as like perfumes like pulse points and things and and yeah there's it's incredible so many so many ways that we can use them mm, beautiful so that's part of the work that you offer is is working yeah I teach crystals. yeah I teach that I um I have a crystal course that I offer and we do um like a, a level one and two which is crystals working with crystals for yourself and then we do the level three which is a practitioner level so that you would be trained to to be a crystal therapist and mm. make elixirs and essences and and grids and all, all that magic yeah all the magic beautiful what's the magic with the emerald is there anything that comes forward with emeralds i've actually this is emerald Oh. <laughs> one of the stones that I have with me today <laughs> that I have with me to sit here this is actually emerald with pyrite um, emerald is a heart opener mm. just the most enormous heart opener and so yes. I these these two these two crystals right here are the ones that I mean um, um you whether or not it's on video and people can't see it at home <laughs> but the crystal the emeralds with the pyrite and then I've got amazonite and they're palm stones so they're really nice to hold like they've got that really nice shape to them to hold but these are the ones that I use in lots of my healing work particularly when I do breath work when I do meditation because amazonite is a nervous system soother it soothes the whole nervous system brings everything into balance calms the mind calms the body and then emeralds with the with the pyrite and hematite in it is um, heart opening and grounding so it opens my heart to receive and grounds me at the same time beautiful that makes sense because it's green and then the yes, heart chakra. yeah you can use that you can use that for everything with regard to crystals follow the colors mm. like if you if you don't know what crystal to go for think about what it is that you're looking to 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 heal or to ease or to um or to elevate and follow the the chakra colors and then find a crystal of that color spectrum mm, beautiful oh, i love mm. that what has been your your biggest lesson along the way oh what has been my biggest lesson listen to myself <laughs> listen to myself don't worry about other people listen to myself um that's taken me a really really long time and sometimes even now still something that I struggle with like I I like I have permission to listen to my own like my own gut my own voice um that's been a it's been a challenge because and I think for a lot I think most women actually are we, we're conditioned to put other people before ourselves um 
we just are that's that's the nature of the world that we live in it's in order for me to be a decent person as a decent woman I need to put everybody before myself and actually that's slowly killing all of us because we're not looking after ourselves so um listen to what I need um listen to what I want listen to what um what works for me actually um and own it you know that's a big one and I think it's so powerful because I mean, we do it for ourselves. We listen to ourselves for ourselves, but a lot of women need other reasons to do it. And so, you know, another reason can be that when you listen to yourself and you fill your own cup up and you really nourish yourself and tend to yourself and honor yourself with your boundaries and saying no and saying yes, when it's appropriate. And, um, that ripples out to all your relationships. Like it's ultimately Absolutely. serving you, but it's also serving your kids and your Absolutely. beloveds and your friendships and, and everything. Yeah. Oh, I'm a far better partner and mother and friend for the work that I do on myself. Far better. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. How do you experience the mysteries? Oh. Um. Do you mean how do they come? How do how do I how do they come to me? How would I talk about yeah. whatever you want to go with that question? For me, it's like how do you experience the mysteries? And I mean, in the reality, it's all a mystery. But it's like how do you tune into it? You know. Um. So I've always found that um, I'm I'm not great with pictures. I'm not a very visual person I'm much better with words I've always been much better with words and sound I was I was a singer for a really long time so music is something that's really powerful to me um and so when I tune in I don't I know some people see don't they have that they have all these beautiful pictures in their head and and they 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 have all this imagery and I just don't I just don't have that I I hear words I hear thoughts I hear um I hear statements I hear whole paragraphs sometimes it comes to me through through words and through sound and through music um I remember realizing that I used to wake up with songs in my head I used to wake up and I'd have just the most random songs in my head just like one line or one verse of a song in my head um and it happened my whole life and I remember realizing that there was a message in the music that like notice the song why am I, what am I singing? What is the lyric? What is the verse? Notice it. Why? Why has that come into my field? Because I hadn't heard it on the radio. It hadn't been played around me. Um, so I think for me, I think the universe communicates with me through words and music. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's how I tune into what I would consider the, the mysteries. Beautiful. How do you root into the self? Oh, by giving myself that permission that I think that's um, it's very easy to lose that, to lose that rooting, to lose that footing. It's very easy to go about our lives and get wrapped up in the busyness and the day to day. And the, um, we forget ourselves. I can do all this work. I can put all the work in. I can create the book and I can um, talk to you about the things that I do and there'll still be times when it I'll go weeks when I haven't rooted into myself when I haven't honored myself because I've been caught up in 
the the humanness of this life I've been caught up in in the day-to-day um so coming back to myself is always about giving myself permission it's always about asking myself that question if I really loved myself what what choice would I make Mm. um and then normally normally there's an element of self-practice in there either meditation or crystal therapy or breathwork or something that I have been neglecting that I need to pick up again yeah those practices are so integral in my experience to staying really deeply connected to ourselves and I fall off the wagon all the time and won't go like we'll go months without meditating or dancing or you know, anything. And then when I get back on, when I come back to myself and the discipline and the devotion that it takes, I can see how different I feel about myself. And you do feel different, don't you? You do like, I I carry myself differently. I feel more, I feel like I've got so much more clarity when Mm -hmm. I'm doing that. And, and I know this, but I think it is to, to, to err is to be human. So I think it is just what we do as human beings. We just, disappear off on little tangents and and have to remind ourselves to come back I have to remind myself and that's another way that we can lean into the cyclical nature of these things by reminding ourselves that I need to come back to my winter I need to come back to myself I need to come back to the foundations and the sending the energy to my roots yeah beautiful is there anything else that you want to add to this beautiful conversation love before we close um no, just that to every woman that's, that listens to this, um, just please know that you're magic just because you're here and just because you're a woman and that's, that, that's enough. You're magic. Mm. Like, know it, own it. <laughs> yeah. Beautiful. Thank you so much. And I'll be in the show notes where everybody can reach out to you and experience your magic and your book will be out when this podcast is live. So that's really exciting. So there'll be a link for that in the show notes. And yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. It's been so, oh, it's just, I love juicy conversations. It's been so much fun. Thank you so much for joining me for an episode of the Phoenix Rising podcast. Please like, share, download, subscribe if you enjoyed this episode. And I will see you next week for another episode on the Phoenix Rising podcast. Sending so much love.